With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Hello. Merry Christmas. I, I hope Father Christmas has been good to you and you got everything you wished for on your Christmas list. We're very chuffed that we're getting to give you a little Christmas morning treat in the form of Taika Watiti talking about his new film, Next Goal Wins. Just before I get onto that, I've just actually, um, as you are listening to this, I'm actually recording this on the evening of the 23rd of December. And I've just come back from the cinema from watching uh, Godzilla Minus One with my, my teen Japanese film, Oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. I mean, I've seen a lot of Godzilla films in my time, but this is something that just, I don't know, surpasses anything I've seen. It's just absolutely exquisite. And the score is extraordinary. So the the film has been written and directed by Takashi Yamazaki. And I am just blown away by it. Naoki Sato has done the music for this film. And if you are thinking about going to the cinema over the next couple of weeks, try and seek it out because it's definitely worth seeing on the big screen, as is the film that we're here to talk about today, Next Goal Wins. Now, it's based on a true story and Next Goal Wins stars Michael Fassbender as a a football coach uh, charged with turning around the fortunes of the American Samoan national team widely regarded as one of the weakest in the world. Now, I first came across this story when the documentary was released quite a few years ago, actually, and because I did a few Q&As with the team behind it. And so the doc came out in 2014, almost 10 years ago. And it tells the story of this football coach, uh, Thomas Rongen. And I thought this story was brilliant and bonkers, directed by the doc anyway, was directed by Mike Brett and Steve Jamison. And they are now involved, have been involved with the story with Taika. So I was so thrilled when I heard that Taika was going to be making this film because I feel like the characters in the story really kind of wanted someone who can kind of really cross those things of comedy and drama, as we know and we love that Taika does. Uh, the film is scored by our old friend Michael Giacchino and we'll begin with his cue, Answered Prayers. The very last thing we talked about when I last did this with you, which was well, four years ago. I was ago. never going to do another one of these with you again. Ever again. Didn't want to ever see me again. <laughs> next Gold Wins. I was talking about Next Gold Wins. Yeah. I actually haven't. I wasn't lying. But well, you... It was so nice because you were talking about almost like a process that you have where you'd filmed it, you'd t- done a rough edit and you were like, oh, I need to leave this. Hmm. And then you kind of went away and came back and went, I'm really proud of this. Yeah. And you should be because it's brilliant. Wait, were we talking when I was doing Thor? Thor. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Time, huh? 2019 I shot this, that's four years ago. Wow. Best things are worth Four years ago, for. this month is when I started. 
I felt like I was straight back into your world from reminding me of when I watched Hunt for the World of People the first time. Yeah. This brilliant thing that you do of marrying drama and comedy. And I just had such a great time in oh, this film. Oh, lovely. There's, well, there's always been, you know, the thing I've tried to do with my films is have a balance and when once the films are done and they come out and you watch them, you realise, oh, okay, well, I do like that. I like that tonal shift mm. and like that balance. It's just nicer, I think, to see like a comedy with some sad bits or a drama with some jokes. That's life. And this is your hat trick of appearances on Soundtracking. <laughs> Couldn't have planned it better. Get rid of it. <laughs> um, yeah! yeah! It is. Um, the, the doc, when did you first see the doc? What was your connection with that with the story? Was it through the doc or did you know the story anyway? I did not know the story. And Carthy, who... Um, produced Jojo Rabbit with me um, and Hunt for the Little People. He sent me the doc to watch, and it was exactly what I needed to see at the time. I just wanted to, I was a bit homesick, and and we were, I was looking for some new project to do. And yeah, it was just the idea that it was a true story, and it hit all the beats of a great sports film, even though it was true. <laughs> yeah, an underdog team down on their luck, and then, you know, a really special player that they have in there, you know, Jaya. Then Thomas, the disgruntled down on his luck coach coming in. It just had all of those elements that we're used to in other films, but yeah. just the idea that it was true was just blew me away. And also for me, I wanted to see, I always want to see more um, Polynesians on film. Absolutely. And, um, and to be able to go home after doing Thor and Jojo Rabbit overseas and being out of my country and out of the Pacific for a long time, go back home and get back to my roots. But also that entire Polynesian culture that you just... It's just rich in this film. The music in particular as well, you know, everything from... There was some, there's some really beautiful kind of, I guess, traditional music that's in there. You know, there's... Uh, apologies for my really bad pronunciation. No, 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 because I'll get it wrong too, because it's uh, Simon, it's not my language. Now, Mati Lagona, the five stars and things like that in there. And also the way you use the haka in there as well and yep. how that bleeds into the cues and all that kind of stuff. It's just... It's kind of just rich in there as well. Mm. Was that, I guess, the essence of the emotional element to the film of what you wanted to get out there of this beautiful culture that you wanted to celebrate within this film. Yeah, and I wanted to celebrate it in a way that we felt authentic to Polynesians, right? So we're yeah. very self-deprecating. We like to joke and poke fun at ourselves. So there are lots of things in there, I think even still on the surface, some Western audiences, and rightly show they should be respectful of Indigenous cultures and stuff, but I think maybe I feel like it's they're, they're almost too... Respectful now, right, where they don't want to. Sometimes people don't want to laugh at certain things, and mm-hmm. and this is another thing that I was trying to find the balance with is showing really cool parts of our culture, but also poking fun at how cultures are represented on in, in film. And uh, one of my favourite moments is like yeah, with us carrying Michael Fassbender down the hill, like this sort of crucible sort of scene from like like we're in a Herzog film or something, you know, it's like carrying the white you know, saviour down the hill and baptising him and rebirthing him. And we all found that really funny just because it's like, oh, you'll see this in these arty films, you know, <laughs> bullshit films where they're like, oh, yeah, it's just a beautiful like, religious sort of like symbol. And we just thought this is a really funny thing. This useless idiot is like fainted on top of the mountain <laughs> that he made everyone climb and they hit once again have to drag his ass down to wake him up. And so... That uh, yeah, that, that sort of stuff. Yeah, we find funny, and um, yeah, it's interesting to see whether or not people like. Because I, I still think it's a, a, even though on the surface it was a, a bit of a joke, it's a beautiful shot, mm-hmm. and that moment is actually really lovely. And when you do put the hymn in, and you do have like the the priest doing his voiceover, it starts to take on this new meaning. It starts to actually become quite 
beautiful and meaningful. Yeah. And I'm like, so now I'm conflicted. I'm like, oh man, the thing I was making fun of, I now think is really cool it's and beautiful. Me cry. And I, yeah. just constantly seeing you know Scots represented either kind of fighting or pissed is kind of like you know it's it's nice to see when you kind of have that full roundedness of of people and what they're you know what they're all about and how beautiful they can be as well um the script is so funny and you've worked you know some of those brilliant cast in this film you've worked with before um Rachel for example mm. you know that line she says we're the drawing of boobs is a, a gateway, gateway to, to the real thing. thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's just proper belly laughs at moments in this, this script. And there's such a beautiful familiarity there with you and some of these casts. I wondered if you, you really encouraged them to play with the script or how that kind of worked with these characters. Yeah, I think with every film, I always encourage certain people to play with the script and to go off script. Yeah. And some people, when I haven't worked with them before, I'm a little... Uh, nervous about you know their ability yeah. to because some people often want to improvise on set and they it becomes pretty clear pretty fast that they don't know how <laughs> uh, or they're not good at it and so you know I'm always a little wary of saying yes to everybody and mm. but if I recognise they've got an ability to, to manoeuvre around that then I can start to have fun with them but Oscar certainly and, and Rachel um, are both really good at it and then I guess to my surprise, it's because I'd never worked with him before, but I'd only seen him do dramas. Yeah. But Michael is one of the funniest people I've met, and on screen he's hilarious and a great improviser. Yeah. I want a, an Ace spin-off, please. And, Ace, and so I, Dave Fanny is one oh. of the greatest, funniest guys I've ever met, and I've known him for maybe, she's almost 30 years or something. Wow. And yeah, and he's been in a lot of my stuff, and um, yeah, it, it's he's someone I just adore and mm. want to keep working with. I think that's kind of that's testament to to how brilliantly you've written these characters is that you want more of them. You know, there are so many of them that I go, oh, it'd be great if a spin off of this one and that one sort of thing because you've given them something to really portray and to really fill out and to really inhabit. And so, as a you know, as a film fan watching it, you believe them and you're on those different journeys with them as well. It's just mm. fantastic to watch. Really, really is. The idea of when there's something that's true, that's real, so this true story but you want to make a feature film of it, and there's a doc there as well, you, you still want to have your creative licence of doing your thing and, and it's got to work. So how much do you rely on the source material and the real yeah. situations and things and how knowing that line to cross when it's, it's your thing as opposed to it being the real thing? Well, I don't think I rely too much on the source material, or at least I'm not, I sort of leave it behind a lot yeah. more on most of my stuff. Of course, <laughs> with Jojo Rabbit, like I didn't go back to the book again. I just wrote what I... Remembered from yeah, you know, from the things that, yeah. that I really like, you know, took on and loved. And with the doc, you know, I watched it a few times. I thought, okay, I know, you know what we want from this, and I want it to feel a certain way. But in order for me to make it my own, I've got to just abandon mm. the truth and 
that you know you've got to stay true to the sentiment and the feeling and what the film is actually about. It's mm-hmm. about family and it's about those you know, people coming together with this common goal, which is to score a goal. <laughs> and so that was the main thing, really. And then um, we had Mike and Steve who um, who made the original doc, and they came down to. And they were really helpful in just sort of giving us some factual stuff about in links yeah. to things which, again, some things just didn't fit into the movie and other things were really helpful for us. Um, and then having Jaya as well, you know, to give some, you know, just some insight into uh, her experience. But then you go into this other world where you have Kaimana, who's playing Jaya, who's also trans and plays Beautiful. football and is someone and is Fafafine and... You're asking her there, and it's like, well, it has to be authentic to her experience in some ways. So, because yeah. she's playing, you know, that character, and so she brought a certain thing to it as well, and saying, well, this is actually what it would be like for me, you know, like if I was doing this, and you know, going off meds and stuff like that. Yeah. And then the other layer of that is that documentary itself is also not the truth. Documentary is just edited bites of what you see and even yeah. then it's not the truth what you're seeing because people turn into characters when a camera's on them right now i'm playing a character this is not even me and <laughs> you're not getting the real me you don't get the authentic me unless you're in my bed and married to me and uh, even then is it the real me you know did she marry the real taika uh, that's the question probably everyone's asking. Does my mother know the real me? Is that really my mother? Is she playing a character? Oh, it's, Do the you world, know the real life me? is full of lies, and it's us pretending uh, to be to get attention and to be oh, loved. Fine. And so even when you're turning a camera on something, you're not getting, and then you're editing it. You know, oh well, I know this happened four weeks. You know, it took four weeks. Yeah. But I'll just edit this to look like it's the same day. If you watch documentaries, mm-hmm. be careful. <laughs> be very careful of documentaries. I am um, documentarians. I, be careful of them. Would you ever make watching. one documentary? Yeah. No, I'm too lazy. It takes forever. <laughs> it takes forever. People also you like yeah, you're filming stuff, not knowing what why. For years, you know, I feel like I'm should be filming. I'm filming this thing. I don't know why. Someday in like 15 years, this will become something. And then you're editing, and then you realize, oh, it wasn't even about that character. It's about this one. They're gonna film them for another year. And then that's you talk to documentaries. It fucking takes forever. That's a no, then. Uh, <laughs> when you said one go, I genuinely like had a little internal guttural laugh because that scene with Oscar when he's walking backwards just with the one go, one go, it's, and it goes on just like a little bit longer than you think it's going to go on, which just makes it funnier and funnier because he's still there yeah. going back up the stairs, one go sort of thing. It's, yeah, yeah. And that's also a funny part of it. It's like it's. Those simple parts of a storyline, which I think are really, I think they're more valuable than having a super complex um, storyline, which people seem to still be into. I like really simple ones where you can then have more interesting time with the characters and yeah. you know, sort of widening the world based around a single thing. Big Trouble in Little China, not a touchstone or an influence on this film, but that main character has one goal, has one, uh, one driving um, motivation, and that's to get his truck back. That he lost, and that's it. He doesn't care about anyone. He'll drop everyone, anyone, so push anyone in front of a bus just to get his truck. And that's the only reason he's on that adventure. And I think that's great. Yeah. Can we talk music? Yeah. Michael Giacchino again. Yeah. But then around that, you've got um, needle drops. Yep. Uh, Tears for fears, as we were Tears just celebrating. And Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton and Sia. Oh, Sia. Yeah. That's a great scene singing in the car. Mm-hmm. 
Um, not too many needle drops in this one. Though. No, no, are, no, they, are no, there any more? Um, I've got. I mean, there are like Rip, traditional. Uh, Rip Grove, double ninety nine. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 that's good. Tears for Fears, Dolly and uh, C are the only ones I've got. But then yeah. I guess... The other ones are needle drops. Needle drops because they're, like they're recorded, called, yeah. um, you know, someone choirs and things yeah. like that and hymns. And... So what's the what's the journey with that in terms of with Michael, you know, because that's got, a, it's got there's got to be a fluidity between that, you know, into, you know, and I love how things like visually you're seeing a drum stop and then the cues, you know, it's, there's there's so much synchronicity between what you see and what you hear. And the way I was mentioning earlier about, you know, the hacker then goes into cues and that kind yeah. of thing as well. So this feels like a different ask again for Michael, you know, in terms of your relationship with him. And so what were the conversations that you well, had? With him, the way I've worked with him before in, in, in this film, certainly, is like asking him to figure out some sort of motif for the, for the film or some sort of thematic thing. Then creating a kind of a suite around that, that mm-hmm. we can, during the edit, we can pick and choose little bits, which is like higher energy, more intimate, slower moments. And then if those start if those start feeling like they work for us, then or we'll have other bits of you know, that's how everyone works, but you know, other bits of um, score from another movie. Mm-hmm. You're like, Oh, I remember feeling this way in this movie. Let's use that. Just to try and Yeah. Try and figure out how to chisel away and shape that the emotional journey that you want the audience to have. Then Mike will come back and go, well, I'll, you know, okay, great. I can make it sound like that. I think you're wrong on that one and blah, 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 blah. And with this one, you know, because he wanted to be, um, you know, again, have, have some authenticity in the music and yeah. where it's from with all the instruments and everything and not just be like, you know, this character coming in to tell everyone how to do their own music. And so, yeah, yeah he got other, you know, he's got someone and other artists to come in. And, Amazing. Uh, yeah, musicians, of course, and, um, you know, to come in and, and help shape that stuff so that, yeah, so that it has just it has an authenticity to it and it has that same flavour. of you know the hymns and the the kind of traditional um, Polynesian music was that connections that you had with with some not of me. those or no I'm not a religious person I never went to church you know I really did not like going to church when I was a kid and um I'm one of those people who's got a real hang up about the church mm-hmm. and places like the you know Pacific and yeah of course did bring some I'm sure something good but, uh, nothing that, else, the image of Jesus and Dolly is enough. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's also another thing, like specific to like those, you know, those places. Because people love Elvis, they love Dolly Parton, and um, and Jesus. So, like, yeah, in the islands, it's, it's extremely religious, and you know, church is a very big part of the communities. And if you're driving around a lot of those islands, there's churches every sort of you know, half kilometre. You know, there's a new church. There's churches all the way up and down mm. the coastline, all through the islands. And so, all of those songs are people that you know, the songs that all of those guys grew up with, and it's yeah, you know, they're very common in uh, in island uh, culture, and but they're not in no way traditional. They're all Christian songs, yeah. And, you know, and uh, but that has become very traditional. 
again, but that's getting to the truth of that authenticity in terms of, you know, the people that you're representing and making sure that you're being true to the reality of what they would listen to or what would be in those environments as well. Yeah, well, I think the younger people like us would be <laughs> us <laughs> would be listening to more contemporary stuff. Yeah. I feel, I feel like I didn't want to have too many needle drops in this film and I, I do, I kind of learned to love hearing, like, a collective just groups of people singing these hymns yeah. and singing these religious songs. So the older I get, the less cynical I am about people and about <laughs> things like that. And <laughs> the more accepting I am that, you know, it's like maybe there are some good things that come from from religion and yeah. from church and yeah, and that it does bring communities together mm-hmm. and makes them really solid and that's what kind of unifies that team. And it is like it's a big part of of the culture and of the islands. It's a big part of the reason they're so tight together and you know, look after each other. Yeah, and are there are there you know like that um, the five stars track, which is is that is that like the equivalent of a popular music song or a folk music yeah, song? Yeah, yeah, and uh, um, it's also like well, I mean, there's a lot of there's quite a few a lot of other hip hop um, tracks as well. <laughs> I know Shefu. Shefu, yeah. I, I Shefu, saw Shefu scribe. years ago, like in Kinkapisi scribe Shefu, eighty six. So it's, awesome, yeah. it's great to be able to bring that into authentically bring it into the story, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Because because yeah, yeah. like you say, there's kind of generational thing of those characters as well, and yeah. representing that. Yeah, and it's also like very like, like everywhere you go, like you know, in Mexico, there's a lot of Mexican rappers and hip hop that you know. That, I think and this you know you were. You went there, unless you like seeking it out or knew where to look. It wouldn't get as much of a platform or yeah. you know, the ability to be heard. What about the needle drops? What about this? Why the Tears for Fears track, for example? What's that one? Everybody, um, everybody the, wants to rule the world. The world. Yeah. Some of them are just uplifting. You know, that's a great song, and like, you know, this, you can tie some of that, the, you know, the message mm-hmm. in that song into into the film. Need it. And um, what about the Sea of Chandelier track? Because like, 
Yeah. It's really well. It's also a drinking, so it's about well, it's about drinking. It's not encouraging drinking, but you know, but like the idea that this guy's like constantly slamming back these yeah. bloody um, mini uh, bottles of, of booze, and also I just found it really funny that he had these certain songs that yeah. were his his go to songs. Played quite a few times and then eventually like ended up not using these songs. But like there was a lot of enigma. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Is it sadness, sadness or sad? Yeah. yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah that's with the bit, Gregorian yeah. monks as well. That's the. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's um. Yeah. That one. And then boom, the drums yeah. come in. Yeah. But I like that ah, he's almost. <laughs> Yeah. Own, like karaoke session in his car on well, his he own. Loves, he, he loves music and he knows a lot of songs and he's. Um, I think he loves karaoke. But um, did you get Michael to do different versions with different songs out of that? We did get him to do like when he was driving. There's different <laughs> tracks and stuff that we didn't end up using. Um, what else did we do? We got him like <laughs> did the sadness one. I think there was another. Um, was there one? There? Hey, uh, hey, uh, Oh, wow. <laughs> that one, whatever that one is. Mm-hmm. That's Enigma as well. It is Enigma as well. I think you're right. Absolutely. Change of Innocence. Wow. Surprising yeah. me today with your tears for fears. Did Michael was saying that, though, in terms of kind of what felt, you know, kind of Yeah, right. we just like the idea that he was stuck in the 90s. And that he was stuck in the good old days, yeah, when he was like good at what he did, and like so he just everything he brought with him, all his clothes, it was like he just refused to move on. And it was a big part for the character. It was like 
his inability to let go of the past and to move on. And yeah, so that's why I listen to this old fucking music from <laughs> that I only remember from being a waiter in cafes in the nineties. And um, and then like oh Ronnie Jordan, that was another one. That was a bit of US three. Did flip flip that teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Good music, but just yeah. like if you were there yeah, when it yeah. came out, there's something yeah, sort of triggering you, like, yeah. oh yeah, totally. Oh man, you're back in that. Even the um, the the overhead projector scene, I was like on the floor laughing at that as well. The five stages of, of oh Greece. yeah, yeah. And Reese is just brilliant in, yeah. in that scene. How much of that do you write, and how much is kind of like you know that? But I did write the five stages. A lot of that is stuff because I'm still trying to figure out like what the film's about and like what's what why the characters are doing things and like yeah so there will be like like that uh, kind of segue but it's around the same thing but at the end of the film when um, you know when Michael says you're not going to get your wall your your one goal I'm out of here and he goes and he says I can't win and then um, Tavita says then lose but don't lose alone just lose with us. Which yeah. I, and then I, we, we, there's something we came up with like in that moment because we were like, "What the fuck are these guys trying to say to each other? And what is the point of the film? And like, what is going to what's going to convince Thomas to stay here? Mm. And the idea of like you're running away from losing, yeah. And it's like, well, just just turn around and accept that we're all losers, yeah. And you don't have to <laughs> yeah. be alone when celebrate you do it. Yeah, celebrate, yeah. <laughs> then it's like, what? yeah, it takes the pressure off. So, so little moments like that happen where you're like, oh, you start to understand when you're more in the moment rather than. Typing away on the page, and yeah. this is probably a sign of like laziness or like, yeah, maybe I'm not a good writer, but I'm sure like really good writers would be like, no, it's always on the page. <laughs> it's not for me. I'm always like, finding it and mm. feeling it later. There's some really great. Um, there's the Pacific Ocean song. Yeah, in there as well. Which it's is like, a- think a New Zealand band or something. Who is that? Does it, does it, does it say it in the soundtrack? It doesn't, but the voice sounds really familiar. Are you, do you, are you pointing because you know who it is? No, I'm asking if it's I you. I don't know. Oh, it's really? Not you. you think it's it sounds me? like you. Pacific Ocean. <laughs> yeah. Pacific Ocean. Pacific Ocean. Pacific Ocean. 90,000 miles wide. Song that they sing when they welcome the welcome song from the team. It's a kid so, song. It's like a silly, it? silly kid song that we would do, and you know, and yeah, uh, it was just being poking fun at this idea that like they hadn't organised anything, and you know, that big welcoming song as well. Because like, I often, like, especially in New Zealand, like you know, if you're at various places and you're not from the same tribe or anything, you know, and someone says, "Okay, what song are we going to sing? Or what's the you know, haka we're going to do for these guests or for this one moment?" 
And it's hard to find everyone who knows the same things all the time. Yeah. yeah and so it's so often you're like, oh, do you remember that one we did when we were six? Should we just do that one? Okay. So it's really weird. So that's what I did. They did that. And the haka. Yeah, the sivatao is what they is call that, it. Sorry, yeah. No, 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 that's right. Um, and that is, yeah, that's one of their traditions. And that, uh, they do that before, the Samoan team does that before rugby games as well. And, yeah, so again, it's just, I think it's just nice to show culture yeah, whenever for, you can. But for people who don't know what that is, you know, in terms of, you know... Well, people often think with haka from New Zealand and uh, things like that, that it's a big, yeah, that's always, they always say, oh, it's the war dance. Yeah. Which is something you would never say. We never say war dance. Mm. It's like, a, it's just, again, it's a westernized um, idea that they would give to make it sound, you know, to, just to give uh, the sort of noble savages the sort of air of like, oh, they still, I believe in challenging their opponent and war and like, you know. Scaring them before stuck the... Stuck the like, yeah. But it's just tradition, but there are hundreds of those songs and hundreds of those dances. Yeah. And most of the time, they're to honour people. And yeah. so it's actually to do something where it's like, yes, it's lay down a challenge, but it's not like, oh, we're going to kill you in a game of football. It's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, it's also honouring people for turning up to, to this battle or to, mm. this, you know, to this challenge. So um, they have a lot of meaning in this, um, in, for the most part, it's about honour. It's lovely in the film how even there's a, there's a journey of that, you know, in terms of how that performance starts off with the team to how we see that yeah. at the end. That's Because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, that's a kind of really little moment, but it's really powerful. And it's kind of like, oh my God, they've really all, they're yeah. all on the same page. They're all there together and they're all kind of really proud. Whatever happens, happens kind of thing. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's another great thing as well, like just discovering that pride. And it's not necessarily him that, it's not Thomas that necessarily gave that to them. I think it's just the idea of them, of him kind of believing that, yeah, there's something that this team can do yeah. that no one's believed in them before. And someone's just like a little thing where you're like, oh, someone turned up for us. So, <laughs> you know, we can now. It gives us a little bit, a little bit more pride, and um, that we can pick ourselves up and yeah. Actually, yeah. I love as well when it's like, when you know it's a real story, and you get those tiny little moments at the end of the kind of real things. Oh, I know, and I've always loved those. Have you? I wasn't sure if I was but... ever going to put them in, like just the real footage and stuff. And so sometimes when you watch those, and the person looks nothing like the person, <laughs> you're like, well, how the hell did? <laughs> how the hell was Brad Pitt playing? Martin Luther King. What the hell? They look nothing alike. So, yeah. So like, there's um, yeah that stuff. I was I was like, oh, I don't know. It's also it's like, oh, where are they now? Kind of things yeah, yeah, as yeah. well. You know, like, and then it's sort of. Um, but I'm so I just loved it. seeing it because it's also there's so many elements of the film that are true. Yeah. But seem unbelievable. Yeah. You know, like the idea of a trans player being accepted in the team and playing and helping the team win. And then they've never scored a goal and yeah, and winning and then like all the training practice all the little things in the training that they were getting up to. Yeah, jumping over the head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think just showing some of those things that actually happened in real life and showing those characters, it just helps with to, for people to go, Oh shit, this is actually this is real shit. Have any of them seen the film? Yeah, so the first people I showed were in American Samoa and so I took the film there, me and Ian Morris, um, and Oscar. Kitely, and we went to the island, and the community came in, and we, you know, screened the movie, and a few of the players from the original team were there, and Jaya wow. was there. She organised it all, so it was really cool. And it's also just, it's also just like the thing you do is you have to take it back to where it came from and show the people, and yeah, 
Well, you know, hopefully get their <laughs> blessing. <laughs> Can you imagine that? They're like, you're a little dance at the end. If you show this to anyone else, we'll kill you, Tiger. <laughs> yeah, you're not leaving the island. Yeah. <laughs> were you, were, are you nervous in that situation? A little bit, because it's the first time I depicted real people in such a way, mm. and um, you're just like not sure because like, you know I've taken liberties here and there and embellished it along the way, and it's you know you just never know if someone's going to be like so offended that you didn't put in this one detail that no one even knew about you know or like yeah you know, with real life people you can also get it can be difficult you know you hear about those stories where people um, like completely cut themselves off from supporting something yeah you know, after agreeing earlier on yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and you know just the way they felt offended by something how did they respond they loved it yeah yeah they, they loved oh, it and it's also great seeing yourself or seeing your people on screen and seeing their friends and people who are in, in the audience on screen and yeah, there was really cool stuff, a it's cool a, vibe there. It's such a, you've really kind of, like, the sensual nature of it as well in terms of taking us there. You know, really, it's just, it's the, the colours and the, I don't know, you just kind of feel like you're really landing when he, when he arrives there. So I yeah. it's done, it's been so great. It's really, I really loved it. It's just what I needed. Thank you. This is what everyone needs because it's, uh, the world's a dark place, uh, you know, most days of the week and... When we go film, to cinema, it? it's you know sometimes we just need we need that escape, mm-hmm. and you know sometimes we don't want to go and watch four hours of being in outer space and want to see stories set on Earth with real people yeah. and actual messages of hope, and you know and have some laughter and knowing that it's actually like oh this is actually kind of here yeah. around us and that people are like that and yeah. people inherently are good. With sore cheeks after laughing so much, just the best ever. What's next? Do you know? Um, next, I'm going to make um, a depressing um, film about uh, true murders. Um, no, I'm no, not true doing. Crime. I'm not doing. No. I'm not, no. Next, um, I'm just developing some stuff. Um, maybe doing a film next year. I've got a few shows coming out. So, yeah. um, Time Bandits. Yes. For um, that's going to be on Apple. Um, When's that going to be? This year? Next it's year? It's going to be next year, probably. Okay. Interior Chinatown, which will probably be next year as well. Everything's been pushed because of these strikes. Yeah. Um, and that will be on Hulu and a few more animated things. And, and then back to writing now, now that the uh, now, now yeah. we're allowed to uh, open our keyboards. <laughs> um, it's so great to chat to you. you Thank too. you so much. And for a little pre sing along as well. I'm like ready for the rest of the week now. Thanks, Taika. Thank so great to see you. Thank Cheers. you so much. From the score to next goal wins, that's Doubting Thomas by Michael Giacchino rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with the wonderful Taika Waititi. My huge thanks to Taika for taking the time to talk to me for a third time. Uh, also to his team 
for setting up that interview and for also setting up the most wonderful kind of visuals for us to record it. We'll stick the interview up on our YouTube channel as well so you can see him in all his cheeky glory. Next Goal Wins is on general release in the UK as of Boxing Day, so do go and see it in the cinema. It's a real beautiful and brilliant light relief with that fantastic element of drama that Taika always brings with his comedy. If you want to hear my previous conversations with Taika about Jojo Rabbit and Thor, head to edithbowman.com or your preferred podcast provider, where it'd be lovely if you could leave us a rating and a review. Follow us on socials. We're at Soundtrack UK. And as I mentioned earlier, that YouTube uh, channel, please subscribe to that. We've got loads of extra video content up there as well and shorts and things. So we'd love it if you could subscribe and tell your friends because we really do rely on your word of mouth. Merry Christmas once again. Thank you so much for all your support this year. And next up, we start a new year. We start a new year of soundtracking with the wonderful Sofia Coppola from our, one of our Everyman Soundtracking Film Clubs where she's talking about her new film, Priscilla. Priscilla then is going to be in cinemas as of the 5th of January. But Sofia, our next guest on Soundtracking. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. <laughs>